as we welcome in from Rogers Sportsnet, Arash Madani, back to the big program. Good morning, Arash. Thanks for hopping on again. Always good to be with you, Kevin. Well, we got so much to talk about. I don't know, maybe we'll start with soccer and Alfonso Davies. Uh, some news going on with, uh, I guess, a verbal agreement to join Real Madrid for Madrid for uh, the Edmonton soccer star. What uh, what do you know about this verbal agreement uh, moving forward here, Arash? Uh, very little do I know about it, Kevin, but it, it makes sense because, you know, it feels like Alfonso has been around for a while, but his career is in a lot of ways just getting started. You know, he's he's got the decorated achievements already, has lifted a Champions League trophy, has been to a World Cup, scored Canada's first ever goal at a Men's World Cup mm-hmm. uh, in our country's history. And this, you know, when you talk about the big clubs in the world, Manchester United, Liverpool, Real Madrid, I mean, those, those are the benchmarks. And now Alfonso is reportedly headed there it just makes a ton of sense in the trajectory of a career that is taking yet another major step forward mm-hmm. Do I guess we kind of forget Arash that he's only 23 years old that's it and then yeah. this is what's become so interesting about you know young players exploding onto the scene you know you think an NBA you know on the basketball now you are a year removed from high school and you're in the league A lot of players, you you look around and you're like, man, they they feel like they've been part of the furniture for quite a while. And then you look at their age, you're like, oh, man. You know, I was having this conversation just yesterday about Denis Shapovalov, Mm -hmm. the Canadian tennis player. In 2017, he knocked off Rafa Nadal in Montreal. One of the great moments. That's almost seven years ago because it happened in the summer. And then you think about it, you're like, man, Shapo's 24. Uh, so it's it's amazing to see so many young Canadian athletes doing so well, and then you look at their age, you're like, man, they got another ten or fifteen years to go. <laughs> you're so right, Arash. I mean, I remember doing stories with uh, Alfonso here when I was working in TV, and then you know he left for Vancouver at a fairly young age, fourteen, fifteen years old, and then you know when he was with the Whitecaps, it just seemed like. You know, he was there for a long time, but he really wasn't there a long time. But it's just been a whirlwind uh, tour, whirlwind experience for a guy that is one of the premier players in the world. Yeah, one of the premier players in the world and the biggest sport in the world. And that that's what's so interesting now, Kevin, just about where Canadian athletes are. We have one of the greatest sprinters on the planet. Andre de Grasse this summer may end up becoming the fastest man on earth. You know, you think about the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's the second biggest league in the world after the English Premier League. Shea Gilgis Alexander from Hamilton in his mid-20s is absolutely in the MVP conversation. So it's not just that Alfonso is going to Real Madrid or mm-hmm. potentially going to Real Madrid. It's that in so many of the signature marquee global sports, we have Canadians not just participating, but excelling. And let's just say it. Let's be un-Canadian. Let's beat mm. our chest for a second, Kevin. I They're downright dominating I was, their, their craft and, and what they do. I was just going to say that, Arash. And I mean, it's that Canadiana in all of us. Uh, and we don't do it enough. We have so many great athletes globally, worldwide. And we don't, I guess, promote them in the sense that we're just as good or better than everyone else. 
I'll tell you this. We are about to have an Olympics this summer in Paris. And there is a 17-year-old young woman named Summer McIntosh who is about to explode under the global scene. Like somebody asked me what the comp for Summer McIntosh could be. No pressure, kid. I said Michael Phelps. Mm -hmm. Like she's already doing things and has accomplished things at the age of 17 that no Canadian has done in their career. And she hasn't even been to an Olympic Games yet, Kevin. Yeah. Just wait for Paris. Wait for what's coming because there's, there's a tidal wave on the horizon. So on that topic, Arash, would you see this as one of the best o- possible Olympic Games for our country? No, no. And that's, that's what's interesting. I think that, I guess it depends on what you categorize as best. So is it the number of medals? It probably won't be. Number of golds? Now we're talking a little bit, mm-hmm. but also the sports that really matter. And this is, this is a polarizing topic because, to me, every Olympic medal counts the same. And this is why I dislike NHLers being in the Winter Olympics, because every four years, the moguls racer and the biathlete and the cross-country skier, like that, that's their only moment to really be showcased and they kind of get lost in the shuffle because Canada's playing Latvia and we're worried about who our fourth line winger is going to be. But this summer in our marquee sports at an Olympics, track and field, swimming, and I dare say basketball now because both our men's and women's teams have qualified for the Olympics. There's a real chance we're in the marquee sports. Canada will do better than they ever have before. Mm-hmm. I don't think overall we're going to have as good a medal count as we've had in Olympics past. But, you know, you think about the Tokyo Olympics the last time around, when the women's soccer team won gold, that gold just hit different. It felt different than the others. And I think that the there's a chance, you and I did a hit from Asia when I was over <laughs> in the Philippines during yeah. the World Cup. There's a chance on that final Sunday of the Olympics that the men's basketball, the men's national team could be playing for a gold medal against the USA. And if that's the case, just how remarkable would that be? You you hit the nail on the head, and let's call a spade a shovel, uh, Arash. Like all eyeballs will be on that basketball court. They'll be in the pool with what the events that Summer McIntosh will be in, and they'll be on the track with uh, Andre Dugras. And that's just the way it is. That's the, the way, way it is. is. Yeah. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit to Major League Baseball, uh, Arash. And first time that we'll see uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in spring training today is the. Uh, uh, Blue Jays take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, kind of looks a little leaner. I'm just kind of watching them throw sunflower seeds at Hazel May on the weekend and things like that. But uh, what do you make about uh, Vlad G coming into this season? I, I think that Guerrero has put maybe the biggest emphasis into his body, into his preparation, into himself this winter than ever before in his career. And if we're being honest, last year was a step back for somebody who felt like he was going to be on a trajectory. And here's another one, Kevin. Another guy who we felt like has been around for a long time. He kind of has broken into the big leagues in 2019. But Guerrero, don't forget, is free agent eligible after next year. Mm-hmm. Like, things have happened quickly. And so, for Vlad, it's not just about 
the Blue Jays and what kind of production he can give the ball club this year, he is now auditioning for 29 other teams. He is now in a put-up-or-shut-up era of his young career where he's been at the top of the American League and done all the things he's done at the, at the Home Run Derby. But now is the, the chance, the opportunity to turn what could be a $300 million contract into a four or $500 million contract. Mm, yeah. Arash Madani with us on Sports 1440. What did you make of the Justin Turner signing for the Jays, Arash? I, I'm, a, I'm a believer, Kevin, that you need adults in a locker room. <laughs> and there are a lot of kids in that locker room who are growing up. But I think back to what the influence that Marcus Simeon had on Bo Bichette. Simeon played all 162 games back in that 2021 season. Every day he went out and took ground balls and he brought Bo along with him. And that, and that left a real imprint on Bichette. A guy like Turner who has been around, been around the championship Dodgers, has a at least experience. I can't see him. Sorry, Kevin, a truck's driving by. <laughs> I can't see Turner playing more than 125 games this year, but I think he'll have a real presence in that room and a needed presence in that room, especially in August and September when A, guys are starting to drag in the dog days, and then B, when the push comes on for September in that pennant race. I think that's when it's that's when his presence is really going to be felt. You know, Arash, we've had lots of baseball experts from across uh, the country and the U.S. on the program for the last two, three weeks and always bring up Matt Chapman. I would say two, three weeks ago, it was like, yeah, maybe the Jays can get him back. Maybe he will come back to the Jays. Lately, it's getting less and less and less of a possibility. Where's your feeling on that? Well, I don't think he's coming back. Uh, I think the moment they signed Justin Turner, having already brought in Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, that ship sailed. I mean, there's nowhere for Chapman to play. You know, Bichette's your everyday shortstop. Uh, Guerrero's your everyday first baseman. There's going to be a revolving door between Kiner-Falefa and Santiago Espinal at second base. You have to make room for Kevin Biggio at some point. Mm-hmm. There, there's just... There's not a spot in the roster would, for Matt Chapman at this point. Would you say, Arash, right now that IKF would play the bulk at third, though? I think Turner's playing the bulk at third. Hmm. Okay. You I, know? I think it could be IKF a little more than people think. Yeah, it could be. Now, here's, here's the thing about the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays value positional flexibility over so many other categories. They love Kevin Biggio. They love Biggio because they can slot him if need be, and they have already, at second, at third, at first, right field, and left. That's what they want. Kiner Falefa can play both second and third. I I just wonder, you give Justin Turner, what, 12 or $13 million, something like that this offseason? There are only so many DH bats to go around especially when you have Kirk and Jansen behind the plate, especially when George Springer is going to be needing days, Vlad's going to need a day here and there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I, hear where, I hear where your argument's coming from. Yeah. I just don't know where else Turner can actually play for them. 
Arash Madani with us on Sports 1440. Uh, would you say the biggest, and I don't know if wild card is the, the terminology, but with Alec Manoa, we know what he was a couple of years ago, but we know what he was last year. Uh, boy, if he could get anywhere close to where he was two years ago, this team has uh, probably the best pitching staff going forward in the American League East by far. No question. And I think pitching in general is the biggest question. Look, Manoa would be a massive boost for them. If he can be what he was in the second half of that 2022 season, going into Fenway Park, going into Yankee Stadium, a pivotal Orioles series in September after the bench is cleared and, and you know the big man just continuing to shove. If Manoa can be that for them, that's huge. But, Kevin, I think what's lost here is that we have to remember, for the first time in his career – Chris Bassett went, pitched 200 innings. Mm -hmm. Can he repeat that? Can Kevin Gosman stay healthy for an entire season? There's so, you know, we get so caught up in who's one through five in the rotation when in reality you really need nine starting arms. So to me, it's Manoa for sure. And I think the other key thing that sometimes gets overlooked is the health of their catchers. Danny Jansen just hasn't been able to stay healthy for a full season. And when he is healthy, he's been productive. But can Jano stay healthy? What are you going to get from Kirk? Those, to me, are two other big, big you know, factors in the entire mix for the Jays this year. Mm-hmm. On the mound today, he's only going to throw one or two innings. Will it be, uh, you say, Kikuchi? What do you think? What kind of season do you think he'll have this year, Arash? I mean, it's hard to know because 22 was such a disaster. 23 was such a bounce back. If you can get closer to 23, and if he can eat up, I don't know, mm-hmm. 140 innings for you, 150 innings for you, I think that's a success. Yeah. Um, you know, he stayed in Toronto in the off season, which I think is interesting. Not a lot of players do, and he figured a lot out last winter. So if he can just eat innings for this team, that's the name of the game. Uh, One last one for you, Arash. I don't know if you – do you play fantasy football? I don't. Okay. But Tim Mesa does and had to (laughs) – Yes, he does. (laughs) So I don't know if if our listeners caught it, but on Saturday that was the – where he guess he had to – uh, receive his punishment for, for losing for the Blue Jays, I guess, inter-team fantasy football league, and he was the bat boy. That was that was pretty neat to watch, wasn't it? Well, Kevin, it was not just that he was the bat boy. Yeah. They gave him a jersey with 4-10 <laughs> written on the back, which was his record in fantasy football. <laughs> they teased the ones they liked the most, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, in 22, I remember being at spring training, and Ryan Barucki kind of called me over. And he said, did you hear what we did to Mesa yesterday? I said, what's that? And he said, Romano went to one of these, like, dollar stores, joke stores, <laughs> whatever, and they bought a fake scratch-and-win lottery ticket. Oh, no. And, and so Mesa scratches it and thinks he's won 50 grand, <laughs> and he's going crazy in the clubhouse thinking he's – $50,000 richer, oh, and then they all laughed at him. So you tease the ones you like the most, right? Well, and those are glue guys, right? Well, they're glue guys, they're vets, but they're also late-inning guys. You know, Maze is getting the ball in leverage, but he's also the dude that everybody can talk to. He's also one of the more easygoing guys around. Mm-hmm. Um, guy from rural Pennsylvania. Funny how it takes all kinds, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, and what about a healthy Chad Green? Wow. 
Yeah, going to be big for, for all for the entire season, yeah. not just for half. Yeah, he will be big this year. Hey, Arash, can't thank you enough for uh, hopping on uh, last minute. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Enjoy. Are you going anywhere in the next little bit, travel wise, covering wise, or what? I'll actually be down in Dallas uh, next month when the men's national team and Alfonso Davies hopefully will be in the mix. They're trying to qualify for the Copa America, so that'll be the next big assignment on the docket. Perfect. Thanks, Arash. Talk soon. Thanks, Kevin. You got it.